Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this conversation, I am joined by Lucy Grieve as we chat about reproductive justice. Lucy and some of her friends have set up a campaign called Back Off Scotland, where they are trying to get the Scottish government to set up an exclusion zone around gynaecology services so that protesters aren't allowed to protest outside clinics where abortions are being performed. This conversation is really impactful. Lucy is is young and has so much fire and spirit in her that it was a complete delight to have spoken to her. I contacted her after reading about her campaign and following her on Twitter because I thought this was an important conversation to bring to the podcast. This is not really about abortion. The call to action here is about protecting women's rights to have medical procedures that are legal in this country. This is an argument about women's freedom and I believe it's one that we should all be getting behind. I hope that you enjoy listening to this conversation and are as empowered, perhaps outraged as me by listening to this conversation and that you can get on board and support Back Off Scotland too. Lucy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thanks so much. It's lovely to have the opportunity to talk to you. Yes, lovely to meet you too. Tell me a bit about you. So my name is Lucy Grieve and I am a final year social anthropology and social policy student at the University of Edinburgh and last year in my third year myself and a few others co-founded Back Off Scotland which is a sort of small grassroots organisation that's sort of calling on the government to enact 150 metre buffer zones around any clinic in Scotland uh, that provides abortions. And for those that don't know, a buffer zone is a protest-free zone. So there's no sort of um, like physical proximity. It's just a legal zone where you wouldn't be able to protest uh, regardless of your views. Mm-hmm. Great, great. So knowing that and having met you via the wonderful world of Twitter... <laughs> And supporting what it is that you're doing. Tell me this, Lucy. What do you know for sure? So reproductive autonomy is a critical cross-party issue and it affects everybody in all parts of society um, quite equally. Mm-hmm. So sort of elaborating on that a little bit, um, one in three UK women will have an abortion in their life and um, around 45% of all abortions worldwide are unsafe and they're a leading but preventable cause of maternal deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a really big issue. You know, you can see what's sort of going on in Texas and what's going on in, in the US um, with sort of limits being imposed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just bans, you know, they don't stop abortions. Yeah. They stop safe abortions and they ultimately sort of push women to seek um, backstreet or un- unsafe abortions um, as well. Yeah, and it's something that I'm aware of because I live near the Southern General Hospital. And so when I, and I had my youngest child there and those protesters are outside the hospital, very close to the gynecology, gynecology unit. Yeah. yeah, and it shocks me every time I see them. Yeah. We as a society fought for the right to have yeah. reproductive autonomy. It's, I think it's a huge part as being a woman. But how did you find yourself in the position where you felt you had to set up back off Scotland and that you now know this for sure? 
yeah so I've always been very sort of like open about reproductive justice I've really it's always been something that's really sort of resonated with me just because I think there's so much like it it was almost taboo to talk about even when I was you know I was younger even when I was like a young teenager you know people would never talk about it and talking about abortion you know I still find that I've got some friends you know I'll talk to about it and I can tell that they find it taboo and I think you know I think that's ultimately wrong I think it should be something that we really encourage to to everybody to speak about and I think I think because we have uh, such like an abortion rate you know one in three women and, and a lot of people don't know that statistic I think it's um I think it's really important that that the sort of conversations brought to light and I also think research has shown that 70 percent of women in Scotland live in an area or a health board area where clinic protests have occurred in the past five years I think it's a significant number and it's going to affect everybody right I mean it affects mental health of anybody accessing the clinic you know it's not just somebody going for abortion it's any type of reproductive and gynecological procedure and also it creates a really tangible barrier to access for a lot of people that that go and it's really something that I'm not sure why the government hasn't been more on the ball with because it's been an issue evidence has shown it's been an issue since the late 1990s you know it's not a new issue but I think bringing light to or trying trying to sort of work on a solution now and try and get these national bans I think it's critically important going forward you know to protect protect our reproductive autonomy and like you were talking about we sort of fought so hard for these rights and to think mm-hmm. that they're you know very slightly being eroded every you know as, as we as we sort of continue on to the future I think it's really scary. And if you were to think about because I'm th- as you're talking I'm thinking about all the women that are going in for that reason I'm also thinking about the staff that work for the NHS that are doing their job and doing it well and, you know, we'll clap clap for you on a Thursday night on our doorstep, but we're going to protest outside your work and try to shame you for doing your job. Have you had anybody involved in Back Off Scotland that is from that point of view, that supports what you're doing from that point of view? Yeah, definitely. So we've had quite a lot of outreach from doctors who feel feel really strongly about this. So quite a few sort of like midwives and um, there's been a lot of nurses that have contacted us from the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually, in 2018, there was the largest pro-life uh, protest on record in the UK um, outside that hospital. And you know, if you're familiar with that hospital, it's, you know, I... Two, 250 people that were there that is a lot of people you know that is like blocking entrances and um, etc so a lot of staff from there and um, similarly with Chalmers Street in Edinburgh um, we've just had a lot of people saying it's frustrating because there's nothing they can do they can't and, and that's another thing is like women aren't always gonna sort of come in and say oh you know there was protesters out there so that's why it doesn't like get recorded and that's one thing that um, anti-choice people use they're like oh there's no reports of it but of course you're not gonna go in and be like well actually I want to you know call the police and lodge a formal report it's a very shameful thing they're doing they're trying to shame shame women essentially but um I'd say one of our biggest vocal supporters is Dr Audrey Brown and she is the lead abortion consultant for uh, Sandyford um, sexual health clinic yeah 
And yeah, so she she's a lead abortion consultant for NHS Glasgow, um, sort of more largely, and she's she's been very vocal in support. So there was actually she spoke to, I believe it was the Daily Record about sort of protests that she'd seen and some of the really offensive imagery that was being used you know pictures of fetuses and then sort of comparing um, abortion to the holocaust I mean absolutely like ludicrous suggestions and she actually got in touch with us she reached out uh, and she's great I mean she's just really her voice I think really strengthens the case because it's not just you know patients voices that we're using it's actually like clinical staff and that's one thing I think that's quite powerful about about um dr audrey using her voice yeah. she, she you know recorded videos as well of um, being in the maternity unit at the glasgow um, royal infirmary and you can hear the chanting outside and it's really sort of disconcerting if you get any idea of the number of people that get there and don't go in for their appointment because I'm not protesters. quite sure. I'm not quite sure on that number. I think we'll kind of never understand the full scale of that, and I don't think we'll understand the you know the full scale of people that have been affected by it, sort of over the since it's you know began in the 90s. But I do think um, even if it's not completely stopping somebody from accessing the service, I think it is really negative in terms of putting people off accessing services in the future. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I think it is doing untold sort of um, social harm to, to, to anybody that's accessing um, reproductive healthcare in, across Scotland. It's not just, you know, in Glasgow or Edinburgh. Uh-huh. And I know that you're, you're doing this with your friend Lily and some others. And I'm proud that you you young women are taking on this. Well done. You know, I think really I'm like 100% behind you for taking on this battle. Of course I am because it's about women's rights. Ultimately, ultimately, this is about old men, as you're saying, at the doors yeah. of hospitals, thinking they can make a decision on what a woman does next. So I am always behind women's right to make the decisions that are right for them. Are you glad that you've taken on this battle for future generations of women? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when I do, I think of the Scotland that I want my future kids to grow up in. And I definitely think there's been an absolute sort of abdication of responsibility from, um, you know, decision makers and policy makers because it's a tough issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, and it's a balancing of rights as well. One thing that we're really strong on as well, which I think really reflects like my own personal values and why I um, sort of, I'm really proud to do it. Obviously I'm absolutely um, committed to ensuring as much reproductive autonomy and doing what I can to, to sort of support that. But I think, knowing that it's not a freedom of protest or a freedom of speech issue it's actually you know we both support both people can have their opinions but please go and you know protest at parliament try and you know lobby your elected officials but to do so outside a healthcare facility I think is um, it's so inappropriate and I think to be able to kind of assist in in the sort of battle to remove physical barriers to, to access I definitely I'm very happy to be doing what I'm doing and I'm grateful that it's had such um, good reception in the community and, and, and from a lot of um, elected officials as well. Uh-huh. And so what are elected officials saying? Is this something that they're going to take on, do you think? 
Yeah, so it's quite difficult. So initially when we launched, we did get a, a, a huge backing and, you know, um, it's like from across parties, and we still do, you know, um, it's it's effects and people are as passionate about it, you know, in the Labour Party as they are in, in the Conservative Party that you think, you know, strangely, but people really do see that this is a an access to healthcare issue. And I think that's really strong messaging. You know, I think regardless of your view on abortion, you know, is a free society, but I think everybody can agree that creating a barrier to healthcare access is negative for, for any society. But elected officials, so when we first sort of started, we, we, we petitioned um, Edinburgh City Council and um, we actually got the motion back. So they were set to introduce buffer zones. And on the back of that, in the manifestos of the SNP, um, Scottish Labour and the Lib Dems, they said that they would sort of work towards finding a solution for, for buffer zones and clinic protests. And then after the election in, in May, buffer zones were mentioned in the programme for government and also the women's health strategy. So it looked like we had really good support from the government. But we we met with the women's health minister and she totally ruled out blanket bans and, and said that she wanted to look at local bylaws. And to us, it's just not the solution, right? Because local bylaws, it means that it's only a three-year sort of order. So And then it would be per council. So what, we've got over 30 councils and this is a three-year bit of legislation. What, would I just have to sort mm-hmm. of do this on rotation sort of every, like every three years for, for the rest of my life? I know how difficult it's been in Edinburgh. So I'd say the biggest sort of um, resistance we've come up against is definitely the Women's Health Minister. But... Um, well, there's no rationale for not making it policy for the whole of Scotland yeah so it's difficult um she she said that she doesn't want to get like she told us that she didn't want to get challenged in court because it's likely that there'd be a a legal battle but I think I think it's quite cowardly to yeah jump ship on on an issue like this um when it's such a big issue and you know that's Scotland want to be world leading in women's in women's health issues and you know reproductive issues of course and and that's what sort of having a women's health minister would allude to right you know it poses like somebody that really looks out for women and and to sort of not have somewhat or or to have a a minister in place that's you know jumping ship almost because of fear of a legal battle I think that's scary but but further to that she's scared of sort of it being a disproportionate response but it's just it's like how how do you how do you put a measure on what proportion it is? You know, like if we if we are only implementing in like city by city or health board by health board, that means that you know Lily might be protected from protesters in Glasgow. But um, if I was ever to get an abortion in Edinburgh, I'd still you know have the chance of being confronted by these protesters. And I think that's that can't be good at the end of the day. And that's the two major cities, right? So there's so much there's issues surrounding sort of how rural other ones are and like how yeah. how um you know close they are to transport links in other cities as well so really we don't want to create a postcode lottery essentially and i think that's the main thing but we've got a green msp who's the health spokesperson jillian mckay and she's actually taking forward a bill um Excellent. yeah so so with a view to making it national legislation and um yeah, that's going well. We're hopefully going to start sort of the consultation period in early next year. Great. And I mean, it seems like we're not asking them to put the law in place. You're just asking them to put an exclusion zone. It doesn't seem like it's such a big ask, yeah. doesn't it not? 
doesn't it not? So what would your call be to like women like me or women listening in Scotland who are thinking, how can I support? I'd say just like, you know, the more people that talk about the issue and the more people that know it, the more people you share being sort of, you know, can, can you believe this is going on? A lot of people aren't aware of it, you know. Yeah. I wasn't aware of it until until last year. It was happening right beside our university campus and it was, um, there was, there was a sexual health clinic nearby and to see that sort of during lockdown when, when you know there was restrictions on you know you couldn't see your mum for a cup of tea but you know people were congregating to protest um right. yeah, women's right to abortion their legal right um, to essential medical care yeah I think just spreading the word and sharing and um also any sort of call to action we have sort of on our social media like if we ever like this this will be more so in, in the new year when the consultation launches, but sort of writing to your MSP and just keeping the pressure on, I think, I think, um, I think it's the best way to sort of ensure that we are as successful as possible going forward. Uh-huh. You know, it feels like you've taken on such a big thing and well done, as we've already said. I sometimes think when issues like this come into my life that I think, did I choose it or did it choose me? Yeah. Do you think you chose this battle or did this battle choose you? I honestly think it chose me because it was a friend of mine that was like, oh, I'm, you know, I've seen this. Do you want to possibly, you know, scale up and start something? And, you know, initially we only wanted to sort of do an Edinburgh-based thing and an Edinburgh-based petition. But then I was like, let's go larger. Let's do nationally. And that's where we are now. And I do think, yeah, it's, it's funny to actually put the last sort of 18 months into perspective that way but I really do think it's something that chose me and I've always like I've said um sort of prior in 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 this interview I've always been sort of very like reproductive justice prone like I've always been interested in it so yeah I think it's interesting but yeah definitely are you confident first of all that you will reach the ambition you've got for the protest but does it also give you a confidence about how you will deal with life moving forward because you've taken on a big thing you're trying to act that must give you some confidence that I'm assuming you're in your early 20s looking at you Lucy that you in your 40s you're going to maybe be quite kick-ass aren't you well, I think I think the I've, I've always one thing I've really always been confident about is that we're going to get legislation on this and it's good there's it's, the government have to act on it and I really do I really believe that like in my soul and I think that's one thing that's really kept me going because it's quite hard to like keep momentum going on it on a campaign but I've really always felt like we're going to that, that we're going to sort of you know achieve success in that but like like and also I think the second point that you raise it's hard because I think it's hard to like look at yourself as that like when I hear someone like speak about me like that I'm like oh I, like that's me so it's kind of like imposter syndrome almost and um, but I think that's common but it's definitely given me sort of invaluable tools and it's made me well it's, it's also sort of lit you know I think an eternal flame in, inside me almost for you know, reproductive justice issues. And I definitely think it's this, it's the space I'll stay in sort of going forward after, after uh-huh. university as well. Uh-huh. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thank you. It's been great. And if anybody does want to connect with Lucy, you can do that on Twitter at Back Off Scotland. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We're all in Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Back Off Scotland. Great. Thanks so much and good luck, Lucy. Thank you. 
Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching and Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, anhughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.